And this is the Daily Autism Radio Show. As we uh, enter another weekend, we are Mark and Melissa. Hello. Exhausted parents of, well, five kids, one with autism, but exhausted parents anyway, no matter how you cut it. (laughs) As another summer just uh, flies by here on the Gulf Coast of Florida, it's crazy. The kids are already complaining about going back to school. And uh, I'm actually I'm actually ready for them to go back to school. But I say that, and then what's going to happen is they're going to go back to school, and I'll be like, man, I'm ready for summer again. All these trips to the car lines and and Cal adding in his uh, you know therapies and, and his school and everything like that. We'll be right back to the grind. It has gone by fast, I feel like. Well, um, every summer we say that. I know. Every summer but we I'm say But I'm very ready. I like structure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one thing. If, um, you know, if you're a parent of autism, the word structure is almost like a, it's a, it's a foreign language. You say structure and it's like, wow, what's that? Like you can actually plan the day and it'll kind of sort of happen like that. Well, I mean, I like schedules. I should say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, schedules are great. Like you can write anything down. It looks good. I got this huge giant calendar here in my studio. I know. I actually like looking at it. (laughs) Well, I love looking at it. It's just then I go back and I look at it and go, how much of that actually came true when it was supposed to come true? Eh, 30%, 40%, something like that. But that's, uh, you know, you kind of get used to adjusting to that when when you have a child with autism, diagnosed with autism. You know, you just, nothing really is, uh, you can make a plan. You can make a plan, but it doesn't always, uh, doesn't always work out. I know. I even thought about going to the beach today, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to go through that. Yeah, everything sounds great the night before. You like, really, it is the night before. You're like, ah, oh, tomorrow's a great day for this, 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 and that. But like anything else, you got to kind of evaluate how Cal's feeling and and what his mood is. And well, you know. I think the hardest thing right now is he's 60 pounds. Like it was a lot easier when he was smaller. Now, like grabbing 60 pounds and throwing it over my shoulders is hard. <laughs> Sound like you're wrestling him like at a cage match, grabbing him and throwing him over your shoulder. <laughs> well, you just don't know any minute when he's going to have a meltdown. Yeah. And you have to be prepared to be able to leave. Yeah. And, and if you're not going with me, like I am, it's like a sack of potatoes over my it shoulders. It is. I was just going to say sack of potatoes. He can very easily become a sack of potatoes and all that weight just somehow like gets in fine tune with gravity. And it, it just happens in public too. It happens in like the worst spots. Like, please don't, please don't let this meltdown happen now. Please not now. Please not now. Bang. There it is. Well, and I think a a bad thing right now is not only is it a sack of potatoes over your shoulder and he's so heavy because he makes his 60 pounds, a hundred pounds, but now he's biting a lot. Yeah. We're in that. So be prepared to get bit on your shoulder or your arm or. Yeah. We, we went through this maybe a year or two ago and then the biting kind of went away, which is great. And now it's sort of back. And sometimes it's the punching and the pulling the hair. He's doing that a lot with the girls now. And also interesting, the pinching. He's in kind of a pinching thing, too, sometimes. Yeah, and he's like little tiny. Little tiny, because he's got these little little fingers and he's just little pinches. And it's like the little pinches, they hurt way worse than the big ones, you know? It's like a, it's like a, like a sting almost, and it just reverberates through your bones. I will say I'd way rather him bite me than bite himself. It's weird how that works. Yeah, but, you, but you're it's right. called SIB, self-injuring behavior. Yeah, and yeah. he does a lot of biting and headbanging and stuff. Um, but I'd rather him bite me. But it's worse when you don't expect it. Like he's not really having too much of a meltdown. He bit my stomach the other day. Mm. 
Yeah, I it is it, it is crazy though cuz you do when when he bites himself or hurts himself, you do say just give me that pain. You know, I will say uh, you know, so the bite bracelets do work sometimes. They definitely help. Um when we've been really kind of methodical on the bite bracelets, he's he's gone to them. Not every time, but it does help and I do actually I feel like I should use those a little bit more. Um and he actually got to a point where he wanted to wear two at one time. And he was pretty good with them. But it's like everything else. It's sort of a phase. It comes and goes. Yeah, and it's hard finding the exact, exact one. I mean, he's almost six, so he has um, big teeth. Like, he has big teeth coming in. They're strong. Yeah. It's not like little baby teeth, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the autism kind of the journey, I guess. It's no matter what you're dealing with it, let's just say two or three, you know, add you know, two or three years to that. And all that's changed really is just the the height and the weight and more muscle, you know, but because like you said, the, the meltdown is still going to happen um, at, at, at that age. You know, our hope is that, you know, as we move on with, with, with therapies and life and, you know, higher functioning possibilities that the meltdowns either, you know, won't happen or they'll be very mild. You know, and I read a lot about that, too, especially when you get therapy at a young age, which thankfully we were able to do with Cal as we go through the whole thing is, you know, there really is a kind of a correlation between early therapy and reduced uh, meltdowns, meltdowns that are that become very, um, you know, we, mild. We, mild. Yeah, mild meltdowns. So because I mean, it's like anything else. They're always going to get stronger. The kids are going to grow and get stronger and everything. So what you want is they're reaction to certain situations and transitions to not, you know, cause these uh, basically freak outs, you know, but I, I think bite bracelets did help us for sure. I agree. I, I definitely think they helped. We even tried bite sticks, bite necklaces. Yep. Um, one thing that they, somebody could get better at is um, an arm band, band because like we a tr- sleeve. Yeah. But we tried to get them and they're like very thin. I mean, they didn't really do much. No, um, it was not very helpful at all. But you're right about the bright bite bracelets because he sort of gets used to one texture, one color. And it's almost like hurricane prepping, you know, when you have to, like, you go out and you just buy, you know, four of one thing, but you just buy a lot of it. You know, just like right. a ton of water or a ton of this, a ton of that. It's, it's, and this is part of two, and I'll bring this up in a minute because I just did it in one of our autism LinkedIn newsletters, but like you have to buy so much of whatever works. Because, right. you know, it's it's like the certain kind of Play-Dohs. Like, we had to buy some of the Play-Dohs. It's just crazy. And, you know, if you find something that works, like, let's say you strike gold on a certain bite bracelet for a kid with autism, it's like, buy 100. Because <laughs> you're going to need them, you know. And you always think, oh, I'll order more, I'll order more. And then the last bite, bite bracelet get, gets torn apart or it gets, you know, the dog grabs it and carries it somewhere or whatever. And you're like, let me go grab another one. And it's like, oh, I didn't order more. And it's like that moment of just pure shock when you need that thing for your child with autism because he's having a meltdown and you don't have it oh man it's like it's it's tough it kind of reminds me of like when people just have a baby and you buy every pacifier and then you find the one that works and then you have to buy a whole container full yeah no it's it's very similar i mean it's you have those moments and, and it happens to me sometimes where sometimes it's like a like it's a food item. So if he wants like an Uncrustable and I'll just go, you know, kind of strut into the freezer. Yeah. Uncrustables. And I'm like, Ooh, 
Melissa asked me to buy Uncrustables yesterday, and I didn't. And now I'm about to pay the price for this because I didn't buy them, and he wants them. And what am I going to do? So, And you can't just make a peanut butter and jelly. No, no. Those were the good old days. <laughs> I even, just make a peanut butter and to. jelly. That's what he I'm saying. Used to do it, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Those were the good old days where it was like, ah, here's peanut butter and jelly. And now it's like, he'll look at that thing. He will sidearm that thing so quick across the room. You I know? even bought um, an Uncrustable Maker. I'm like, oh, I can just chuck them. Well, no, there's like the perfect ratio of peanut butter and jelly, and you can't do it yourself. You that well, we've talked about this before because it's basically like a hack, you know, to make your own at home, save money, whatever. It works for a lot of kids. The thing about autistic kids, very keen sense of awareness. They can they can they can sense nearly anything, any change, any difference. And Cal at least kind of knows when you're up to something. He just feels it, right? You, you know. Like we've had to, you know, we've gotten sick before and we've had to put medicine in his water or something or, or mix it in with a food or something. It, it's like there's no way anyone will be able to tell. He'll grab it, bring it up to his face, and all of a sudden you're like, yes, 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 yes. He's about to take a bite and the world just stops. And he <laughs> stares at it and he like puts his, puts it right up to his eye. And you're like, oh, no, God, no. How did he do this? And then he'll smell it. And then he'll look at it again. And he'll go, no way. Throw it down. And Aww, it's like I know he knows you can't trick him. I actually was talking to a woman today, and she has an um a grandson that's autistic, fifteen, and he um likes buffalo chicken sandwiches, which wow. I thought is pretty impressive. But when they go to a restaurant, he orders by himself, and he orders um not toasted. He does not want the bun toasted. Yeah, well, there's always a a particular about that. But that I will say that is a cool. That's kind of one of those cool things um you know because a lot of these autistic kids they, they pick a favorite and I, I mean that's buffalo chicken sandwich that's pretty cool that's what i think yeah that's that's but pretty you, cool but he says not toasted and if you bring it toasted the grandma's like if i'm telling you this and i'm telling you he's autistic so if you bring him a toasted bun you're gonna have to take it back you have to say that too it, it that's how i feel you have to say it like be, <clears throat> it's like anything in, in the world you want to be memorable like so you want people to remember things right and usually you talk about that in business or, you know, brand building or whatever. Be memorable, you know, so people don't forget you. <laughs> well, when it comes to having an autistic child and in, in, in a situation, especially in public, you're at a counter, you're at a fast food restaurant, you're ordering food. You just want to kind of look at somebody and say, listen, I know you can't feel my soul right now, <laughs> but if you don't do what I say, it's, it's not me. It's what's going to happen to this whole area here. You know what I right. mean? Like, so, so I actually think it's good now. And I, I used to feel weird um, about doing it. Now I have no problems telling people, listen, he, he has autism. And I, I'm just, let me show you the future if it doesn't go this way. You know, right. we're all yeah. going to have to leave this area. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm being a little dramatic, but I mean, it, it is true, though. You, you do want to just tell people, listen, he has, he has autism and you could, but if you say that to somebody, I think nine times out of 10 people are going to remember that because you don't hear that a lot. And I think they'll remember, you know, what, what you're asking, what they need to do. I think. I think it's just good to say it if you feel comfortable saying it because it makes everybody feel comfortable and understand the situation. Cal does not understand social boundaries. Like he will get in your face and get way too close to you. And then that's usually when I have to say it. Yeah. Because he's very social. On the flip side, he'll also totally ignore you. Yeah, And that's another kind of spot or moment where you have to explain. I mean, we've, we've been to playgrounds before and I've told people, 
like, hey, he's autistic, so he's not, you know, purposely ignoring you. And again, nine times out of ten, people, oh, it's all good, thanks, you know, it. You know, because some yeah, it's one or the other. Yeah, yeah, because you know, usually when, I mean, you could tell he's he looks like a, a near six year old. You know, he's got the size, and so people know he's not one or two. Um, so when they talk to him, I think they expect you know a kindergartner or a first grader to to respond. Right. What they don't know is development developmentally, he is more closer to you know two or three or something. So it's. You just want to let people know because it's, it's, you know, I always say, I mean, I, I would want to know, like if you're out there and you're with your kids and another kid comes by and you're like, Hey buddy, you know, and he, you know, whatever, either comes up close to you and grabs your leg or totally ignores you. I just think it's easier to kind of say, Hey, just so you know. And also too, it kind of levels the playing field for if something happens later, you know, if there's a meltdown or if this and that. So, and I would say more often than not, interestingly enough, the person usually responds with, oh, my sister's child has autism. Oh, right. my best friend's kid just got, you know, my, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that in 2023, that kind of has become a conversation starter. It is more often than not, yeah. actually. And it, it makes people feel more comfortable to be able to talk about it. Um, Cal's never out of our sight. He's always right by us. But one thing he doesn't understand and may never understand is uh, stranger danger. Stranger danger. Yeah, that's um, he. You know, it's funny. He either he's either never known a stranger or at sometimes everyone's a stranger to him. Yeah. And, and it goes back. You just you don't know. I mean, there are moments where I think if a stranger tried to go and talk to him or get him to go with it. Good luck. He's just not going to do it. Like he's not going to do it. Well, that's yes, you're but, right. But there's other times where he may want to make you a stranger and basically go with you wherever you're going, even though you're not going anywhere. He may just grab your hand and, you know, think that, no, we're going somewhere now. Yeah. And you're he has not, it in his own mind. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what you're doing. And you're just, you know, reading a book or looking at the sky, you know? And so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's really interesting. And, and, be ready for everything, but then again, how can you do it? Because you don't know what's going to happen and when. So it's you know, like you said, the best thing is always in our always in our sights, right? Um, and you know, when he's at a therapy center, he's got at least one therapist that's uh, directed at him all the time. At school, he's got a therapist, a one on one that's working with him the the whole time. So he really lives his life with somebody, um, and he likes that. You know, I know that there are autistic kids that would prefer to just to, to be alone or somewhat isolated. Um, I don't mean alone at home, like nobody's there. I just they want to be in a room or in a space alone. Yeah, have you know, their own time. Yeah, he, he he's OK with that, but he will seek attention and then seek where people are. Right. You know, there would be a moment where he wants to be social and wants to be around people. He can be pretty demanding about your attention and regardless of what you got going on and how important it is, uh, he, in those moments, uh, truthfully doesn't care. It's Cal time. And so he'll just come grab you. And, you know, yesterday well, I was doing something, I forget. And I just, whatever it was, I couldn't get it done because it was just, Cal has decided that I was grandpa yesterday <laughs> and he was parading me around the house, showing me things. He must be seeing your gray hair. Oh, <laughs> no, it's really because my, my parents were in town. 
And I think, honestly, that's... Oh, so it has nothing to do with my gray hair? No. Okay. (laughs) He knows your daddy. Take it back. (laughs) Take it back. Um, No, my parents were just in town, and he saw grandma and grandpa. And I was going to say this before we start talking about this, but any old person, older person at the park, he will call grandma and grandpa, Mm -hmm. which makes people feel a little uncomfortable. So that's usually when I say he's autistic. Well, you say old person. See, now you have to... We have to... Older. Yeah. Like a older woman, he'll say grandma. Anyways, my parents were in town and um well, the, the, I think I gotta, I've got to cut you off there though. Why? I do, be, because we 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 went to a restaurant once. We went to a pizza a pizza oh. place. <laughs> and this girl, our waitress, and we're there with all the kids. All five kids are with us. And Cal's therapist went with us, yeah. I believe. And this girl maybe was 19 years old. <laughs> right? Cute girl. 19 waiting tables and she walks up hi how everyone's doing how's everybody doing cal looks at her and smiles and he goes hi grandma (laughs) (laughs) well i did forget about that but the poor girl had super blonde hair that looked white that's why he said that true but she clearly was 19 right or 18 whatever and she for a minute was shocked and then she thought it was really funny and you know i mean i I'm, i'm thinking she's like a high school senior or something and the first time she's ever been called grandma and she's not going to be called grandma for many, many decades. And she got it that day. And so it is kind of funny. But you're right. He, he, he'll he find one little thing. And I think you're right. I remember, kind of remember now the hair was not really blonde. It was white. White blonde. It's like platinum. Yeah. Platinum. That's it. Which he associated with a grandma, sure. like white hair. <laughs> which you don't know who he's going to say grandma, grandpa to. He said it to our neighbors. Which are the same age as us, you know? Yeah, they're in their 40s, and, and he's been calling them grandma and grandpa for five <laughs> years. Like they, I just think it's because of like the missing pieces. I know. Because he used they, to they like had Baby kids, Shark. They had kids in elementary school, and Cal was calling them grandma and grandpa. <laughs> so that might... <laughs> and when we're like... It's a little shocking, you know? Don't be offended. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, we're not. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my parents were in town, and I think, honestly, that was Cal's way of saying... Where is grandma and grandpa? He doesn't know how to ask. Mm. Like grandma and grandpa were just here and they're not. So you be grandpa since grandpa's not here. Yeah. That's how I take it. Well, I think, yeah. And it goes back to the calendar thing. Like, you know, don't, I mean, you can make as many plans as you want. It's good to be organized and look ahead, but you never know when your grandpa one day and you're going to get paraded around the house and shown everything. Um, <laughs> you know, even though it's our house and I live here and I've lived here forever and you know, it's uh <laughs> It's part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. I will say he's gotten very good at imaginary and pretend play, which is a huge part of development. So it's really nice to see. You know, part of that, too, is everybody knocks social media and all the kids today, da, 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 da. But the imaginary play, which is basically, I mean, it's what it sounds like. You create an imaginary situation and you, you sort of act it out. Well, they have these apps now and you can you can even do it now on Instagram and TikTok where you're filming yourself, but you're a different character. One of them, he loves elephants now. And they have this app where you actually your head is like an elephant head and you're walking around and whatever, and he loves it. And it's really good for him because he's not just, I mean, yes, he's acting it out, but he's also seeing himself as an, ele- as an elephant. So it's even more real to him. And Austin is one of our daughters and... He, he, she was doing that with him one day. I mean, it must have been for two hours and he was just loving it, you know, and that's kind of one of the things that, again, it's easy to bash screen time and apps and everything like that. But technology, I mean, nobody's going to say that technology is all bad because we've all used it. No, you know, we've all we've all gone from the typewriter 
to the keyboard, you know what I mean? And, right. and, and using a mouse and whatever. So it's, it's technology is, is modern and new and it, it evolves as we evolve. I'm not saying it's all great because certainly it's not, but um, there are kind of little aspects of technology that are really good. And that's, that's one of them to get those apps and to be able to use those features on the app, I think have been great for him. He was doing something the other day. Oh, they had one where he's, it has like a pig ear and a pig nose. And so mm-hmm. he's like snorting like a pig and hopping around like a pig. That is actually very hard for autistic children to do, to, to do that imaginary play. Very hard. That, very hard. And that's something early on the therapist and the doctors were saying, you have to sort of kind of evoke that, like get their interest in playing and pretending, you know, because their world is not really pretending. It's this very simple cut and dry. Nope. This is the way it is. This is the way I see it. You know, there's no, we're not going to debate it. This is, you know, but to be able to get into imaginary play, pretend play, it's really healthy. And it's healthy because, I mean, you remember when we were kids and we played, you know, cops and robbers and, you know, we would pretend, you right. know, to do all that stuff. And so that's what it is. It's, it's pretending to act out a, a situation. That's what kids do. It's, it's play. It should be fun. Well, part of development is a, a huge part of playing is part of development. And actually he did early on play therapy and it was through an organization called Easter Seals and they can help get you the funding for that. Yeah. Easter Seals. They're, they're actually doing a bunch of events now nationwide. So, but yeah, they do stuff all over the Tampa Bay area. So um, check out Easter Seals and something else too. I was, I was telling someone the other day is, you know, if you have questions about programs like that. You know, we've talked about early steps in Florida, which is how we got started with a diagnosis. You do that before a diagnosis, but even Easter Seals, you, know, you can utilize their their services after. You know, call some of these therapy centers and just say, listen, I, you know, we're getting a diagnosis or we have a diagnosis. Can you give me an idea of, of who to call or what websites to go to? You know, and a lot of those centers have uh, a sheet ready to go. They could email it to you or they could direct you some somewhere else. But a lot of people ask, like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. And I'm like, well, go to the businesses that, you know, have clients that their kids are autistic because they know about this stuff. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. That's a good way to kind of resource it. Just, just, you know, Google local therapy, autism therapy services and start calling and saying, what's out there for me? You know, and it's, it may not be, I'm not saying you have to go and like use their services and pay for their services, but they, they should be able to direct you to some of these other things that are happening. Yeah. A lot of the business businesses already have, um, th- they've already done the research. You yeah. Know? They can connect you. Um, you posted that video about the elephant and he was on his hands and knees and it's not like he was just looking into the screen and he was an elephant. He was actually like pulling his head back. Like he was doing like the Trump and making the noise. Yeah. So you pull your head back so the trunk can go in the air. Oh, trunk. Yeah. I said Trump. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> trunk it, it, yeah i was actually saying that as i'm like cycle. leading my it's, head it, back yeah. and it's a really hard noise to no, make no, no matter what it all goes back to politics there's, there's nothing we can do <laughs> <Sorry>. about it <laughs> there's nothing we can do um but no it, it it's like yeah he's doing that and imagining you know tilting his head back and the trunk going in the air and making the noise can you make the noise um i cannot he's actually pretty good at it <laughs> That's good. I don't know. I think I've done better. But don't hurt your throat. I don't, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. That was obviously not planned. I didn't warm up or anything. I feel like it was terrible. But I, I cannot do that. I gave it a shot. Hey, you'll do anything for your autistic kids. If you've got to do a last minute impromptu elephant noise, you just do it. You just do it. So. Hey, you know what I just figured out that he could do in the pool is um, he can whistle. Which is very hard for a lot of people. Yeah, I can, I even have a hard time whistling. So that's that's good. You you you've 
we found a lot of things this summer. You know, he's really starting to be able to swim, not perfect swim, but to jump in without a life vest and, you know, stay afloat or at least go underwater and get to the shallow end. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been kind of a good, a good summer of, um, I guess, function, you know, of gaining some function and improving function. He's been in therapy the entire summer. Um, we're not big fans on taking big breaks of therapy. No. And every kid is different, right? So, I mean, just, it just may not be for everybody. But I think I'm a big fan of just, I, I think more than just specific therapy, just not wavering from something that is really working until we see that maybe it's not working anymore. But all of these different therapies he's getting, it's really keeping him motivated. And that's the big, I think that was the big frustration for me early on was, What's going to get him excited about the next day or even the next hour? Yeah. You know, and he's really looking forward to his therapies every day, being with his therapist, doing all the different um, tasks that they're doing. He's very task motivated. So when he goes, they have him doing tasks, which he loves. You know, if you if you give him a heads up, hey, in 10 minutes, we're going to start doing uh, X, Y, Z. He kind of programs that in his brain, and he realizes that, you know, we're going to do X, Y, Z starting in 10 minutes. Yeah, he likes his schedule, and he really only likes one day off. Yeah. He's ready to go back to the therapy center. Um, everyone always asks, like, where is he? What what state? Like, what stage of autism? You know, so Cal is in the middle. He's not functioning, and he's not severe. And I was told by the developmental pediatrician, if I don't get him therapy, he'll be severe. If I do get him therapy, he can be more functioning. He's had years of therapy now. He's almost six. He's had therapy since he was two, and he's still in the middle. Yeah. Well, and they said that that, listen, in fairness, they said the whole thing, everything was a possibility. You know, nothing's guaranteed with autism, just like any, you know, any disability. I mean, I, I think that there's, first off, nobody's going to guarantee you anything, as they shouldn't. But, you know, you could do tons of therapy, and there could still be regression. But chances are, if you do tons of therapy, there will more likely be some type of increase in function. Yeah, and he's progressed in so many ways. Um, I mean, we still have hiccups in the road, like sure. the self-harm and stuff, but he's yeah. definitely progressing. Yeah, and I think the one thing that, you know, I've accepted and the therapist have, listen, there's always going to be hiccups in the road, right? It's just there's always going to be. It, if your starting point is this starting point, then it's never going to be like, oh, that never existed. You know, there's always going to be some stuff. Right. Um, and that's fine. But the, but the question is, is how much life will happen between those things? You know, could he go three, four, five days, three weeks, three months without having some of these things? So I think that's more of kind of um, the game plan now is how to increase these stretches of really high function, positive function. Um, and, you know, you just you keep going with that and you go with it and you go with it. You know, I mean, I think the one thing that they were very unanimous on everybody was if you do nothing, then we can guarantee it will either stay the same. Well, they didn't say guarantee because I just said they won't guarantee anything. Yeah. But they said it is extremely likely he'll either stay the same where he is functionality wise, functionality wise, or more than likely he will regress. So for us, it was like, no, we need to we need to start down this path. And you were a lot more vigilant about it than I was. Um, I think that's a mom thing. Um, but, you know, it, 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 yeah, like I said, it's been a summer, I think, of him improving and increasing some function. I, hey, we've had some tough moments. I mean, even this past weekend, it was kind of a tough weekend. Um, or last weekend, I should say. Um, but, you know, it, 
you just look at how it used to be where every day it seemed like there was like major things going on. And now you can get a few days going by without some major things going on. And then you're going to have that day where there's a bunch of major things going on. You well, know? and I think when your child has a therapy, you learn so much from the therapist. And I'm not saying that we're better than the therapist, but we've learned so much and we're with him 24 hours a day that we know how to handle it. Like we've become experts at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think at this point you need to be right. I, I think that there's, there would be a problem if you get three, we're almost three years in mm-hmm. to a diagnosis, three years, you should be, have a pretty good grasp of what's going on. You know, parents, I mean, I really think so. Um, the first year's a mess. I mean, let's just be honest. Cause First off, the first three months after a diagnosis, you're still kind of questioning, well, you know, is it as bad as a, I mean, you've got the diagnosis, so you know, there's a diagnosis, but it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, couldn't he still grow out of this or couldn't, you know, so that's, and then that kind of, then you're meeting therapists and you're kind of questioning like, ah, do you really know? And and so I don't know. To me, the first year is a little messy. You're just sort of trying to understand this new life. I agree. Yeah. But after that, I think it's. You know, I think I think parents, you know, parents have to get get their job done with this and really start to realize the environment and get serious about it and then pick up on things. And, yeah, I think we've we've done a good job at that, you know, of understanding. And in sometimes, too, you almost have to manage the therapist. I don't mean tell them how to do their job, but understand when they come and say, oh, he did this, this, this and this. And they think it's the biggest thing in the world. And you're like, well, he got stung by a bee yesterday. And everything's been a little sideways. Right. You know, but they weren't there to know that he got stung by a bee. And and, and so, you know what I mean? So you have to sort of manage what you're getting because, again, they're they're here a little bit of time and they have other clients and it's very hard work, very hard work. But you have to manage a little bit how, how you, you communicate with the therapist or m- maybe more so manage expectations of how they communicate with you. Or what they expect from you. Just because he's doing certain things at the therapy center or for them does not mean he's going to do the same things for you. So one thing that I have a hard time with, that I've had a hard time with throughout the years is mom guilt and not putting so much pressure on myself to get done exactly what they're doing because we're with him 24 hours a day. Yeah. And they get to do therapy and they go home. Right. You know, they leave. I mean, it's their job to be with him for this amount of time, and it's our job to keep him safe and healthy and happy the rest of the time. Yeah. No, there are times where I, I remember some of the therapists like, hey, like, let's let's not do that anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, well, we'll see how the day goes, because I'm not going to die on that mountain, maybe, if that, you know what I mean? If, if that's all we're talking about, and that's the difference between happiness today or total meltdown, you know, depending on how the day goes, eh, maybe he will play with his toodles. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about toodles. Yeah. I had a meltdown last week. You, was, you had a ha- meltdown. Yes, yeah. I was having a bad day. This autism world can be very stressful on top of everyday life that you're dealing with. Plus, we have four other kids. I was having a bad day. Then the therapist tells me, I'm going to take the toodles back to the clinic and he can't have any more toodles at home. These are paper toodles that are cut out and laminated. You would have thought that this woman said, I'm pulling out gas and a matches <laughs> and I'm burning your house down. <laughs> she told me ahead of time she's going to take the toodles and I'm like, she could not take the toodles. Then we got home and she's like, <laughs> and I was like, hey, you can't take the toodles today. And she's like, well, if I'm, I can't take the toodles today, then you're going to have to bring them to the clinic and they're going to have to stay there. And I'm like, 
I can't do it today. Well, she was here yesterday making toodles with him. Just so you know. I know. So, and I said I, she makes the best toodles because if somebody else draws it, it's not good enough. Oh, she makes the best toodles. She should put on a resume, professional toodle <laughs> toodle designer. She's very good. Yeah. Uh, listen, coming up, I want to get to this uh, story. I thought this was great. First off, I don't know how this got biased. I'm a little disappointed in ourselves, but uh, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers celebrity. I don't think he would want to be called a celebrity, but he is. Um, does a great interview, him and his wife, about their autistic son. I actually had no idea that he had an autistic son. Um, so I do want to get to that uh, coming up in a few minutes. Real quick, first, thank you to our title sponsor, WarriorMom.org. That is Tracy Slepsevic. She is the Warrior Mom, and her book is called Warrior Mom, and you can get it at WarriorMom.org. Dot org, where you can also connect with Tracy um, on all of her social medias and get details about her newly announced Autism Health Summit. This is absolutely great for parents. It's coming up in February. It's at this really nice resort in San Antonio, Texas. AutismHealth.com is the uh, website to get details. And she is offering a $100 off a ticket until the end of July. So through July, $100 off tickets to the Autism Health Summit. Again, get all the details and get your tickets at AutismHealth.com. And that is from Tracy Slepsevic, the Warrior Mom. Also, Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach. We are thrilled to have them as one of our community partners. They do such a great job uh, supporting the community that they serve. You know, the original Krabby Bills has been there for over 40 years now. Over 40 years. Um, it's a remarkable spot. I think we call this uh, our second home, Krabby Bills. Oh, yes. But um, it's absolutely phenomenal. The food, the drinks, the service, tropical paradise. And, you know, we always encourage special needs parents. You've got to get out. You've got to have a date night or just have that night to relax. Don't talk about stress and challenges because we know those are always there. But uh, it's a great backdrop for for peace and fun and relaxation. That is the original Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach. Also, My Salon Suite in Largo, Florida. Really thrilled to have them along for the ride, too, as our community partners. Um, great, great spot. We are highlighting one of their stylists. Her name is Kim Taylor. Uh, and uh, you can message us to get all of Kim's information through dailyautism.com. But that is My Salon Suite in Largo. Uh, proud to have their support for our dailyautism.com platform and America's Autism Hotline, where you can get details on the products and services of autism here in the Tampa Bay area and products and services that you can get nationwide. No clickbait, no algorithms, just one-on-one -on -one communication. 877-344-ATSM. More details on that too at dailyautism.com. And welcome back to the Daily Autism Radio Show. You can connect with us 24-7. We're online at dailyautism.com, whether it be our Facebook page, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, we have an autism hotline. We do a LinkedIn newsletter. Try to be everywhere. Just try to be everywhere. 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 So you can email us there. Uh, we love making new connections uh, with families across the Tampa Bay area, really nationwide. But we really got some great, meaningful, meaningful connections with families across the Tampa Bay area who are either going through a diagnosis or just got a diagnosis for their child uh, or have been at this for quite a while. Dailyautism.com to connect with us. 
So I said before uh, we took a, just a quick break, um, I wanted to talk about this celebrity from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who came out with his family and really did a nice sit-down interview with um, w- with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with their inside media, about the diagnosis of their son. Now, this is head coach Todd Bowles and his wife, Tanika. Now, everybody knows Todd Bowles. I mean, you know, Todd Bowles takes the team to a Super Bowl. It's him and him and Brady, Tom Brady. They've teamed up. They've been in the Super Bowl. And I really like Todd Bowles. I mean, I'm a big fan of Todd Bowles. I'm from the D.C. area. He actually played for the Washington Redskins back then. They were called the Washington Redskins. He was awesome. So I'm a big Todd Bowles fan. He's been around the NFL for, I mean, gosh, most of, I mean, in his whole adult life. And he winds up becoming the, the head coach, obviously, of of the Buccaneers. And I had no idea. This article is like a month and a half old. I had no idea. I don't know how I missed this. So I'm sort of disappointed in myself. But it's a great article. Speaking of our Facebook page, I, I posted it there. So again, you can link to that at dailyautism.com to our Facebook page and read this article from Todd and Tanika Bulls. They really go through, this is what I love about this article. They go through the whole thing, you know, because it's kind of like, that's what you want to know, like the beginning. Like, when did you feel something? Or, right. or, or, you know what I mean? Like when, and I think a lot of parents ask that because they are feeling, potentially feeling something. Like, and that's okay, you know? Yeah. They may not want to say, I think my kid might have autism. But they might say, hey, so what did you, what did you see or not see? And that, I think there's usually something behind that. Right. Yeah. And that early, that early stage is super scary, you know, and I think more and more um, people are starting to tell other people. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I found out because my speech therapist friend. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, that was our start of the journey. Sure. It's um, it's interesting. Tanika talked about this. Um, it was back in 2013 and their son, his name's Tyson. They have uh, three kids, um, but he wasn't responding like a two year old should. So he didn't make the eye contact. And she said the first thing they did was they took him to an audiologist a hearing doctor yep. and the hearing doctor said he, his ears are great. He hears everything, which is really, it's incredible. Like they, those audiologists can figure that out if your ears are working or not. Well, that's one of the first steps. First steps. It's, yeah. It's, if you're worried about your kids speaking, they test the kids ears right away. Cows was tested twice. Yeah. So, um, when they, when the audiologist said that, then they meet with the pediatrician and then they start going to the thing and then, you know, their son winds up getting a, a diagnosis for, um, for autism, but she was really, really honest and, 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 and authentic and, and vulnerable in this whole thing. Um, she says she went through a depression where she kind of shut everybody, you know, else out. And she talked about, um, this vision. I'm, I'm actually reading it now that she had, she goes, I saw my son as a nonverbal 20 year old that couldn't function. And she said, I just couldn't get out of that darkness, you know, couldn't get out of that, that kind of depression. Um, and so it's just everybody's got a different story of how it all, you know, started. But we all sort of had the same feelings. You, 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 for some reason, just grab like the first thing that's like the worst thing, you know, like she saw him at 20, not talking, no function, you know, and what's that going to look like in the world? And, 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 and I've done that, too. You know, I think you've done that, too. We've had those worries of like. You're just going to kind of have this being that that doesn't do anything or doesn't know anything. And it can scare you. It can really scare you. 
it can scare you and it could it could make you depressed. I mean, there's there's days now where I think at times we feel isolated because we don't go to parties and we don't go out to eat as often and we don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do social gatherings. So they went on the bowls to um you know, to take him to, 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 he started out at the school. Um, there was a teacher there who, who really, um, you know, was close to him and he connected with. And so they go on from there and now, um, you know, it's incredible, uh, you know, what he's able to do, um, play sports and, and still is going through a lot of therapies and, and, and stuff like that. But, um, it, it's just really kind of neat to kind of see, okay, we have this situation and we really thought this was it. This was going to be that thing that, you know, I don't want to say tears our family apart, but makes the family structure challenging and hard and everything. Um, and, you know, they've been able to to get through it, done a lot of research. She, she really, Tanika said something really good at the end of this article. Um, and, and I think it's important. I really do. Um, but she said, uh, don't believe everything you hear when you go to the doctor. When you put or what you put into your child's life is what is going to come out. Put 10,000% of yourself into them. It, this is not a burden. It's a blessing. This is going to change you for the better. And I really thought that was that was good because, you know, you can walk out of a doctor's office and go, geez, this isn't looking good. Is every day going to be kind of a gray, cloudy day? But it doesn't have to be that way. Well, and I think I think for a doctor to say, like they've said to people before, like he's never going to speak, he's never going to ride a bike, he's never going to do this. You know what I mean? Not us personally, but the doctors do say that to people, and I think that's an awful thing to say. Yeah, I, I, you know, we've talked before how so many, especially pediatricians, they're just not aware of autism. They're just there's not a lot that they understand about it. The pediatricians. Specifically, Todd Bowles said at the end of the article, I thought it was great. Stay with your child because your child is going to get to know you and you're going to get to know them. And I think that's very impactful because I really believe the, the, the fear inside of a parent is if one day I'm not here, will they even know I'm gone? I think that's I think that weighs on people. I really do. Even if they haven't articulated it. And I know I felt it. You know, I, I think that that's on, on people's minds, you know. Well, I think the child is going to know who's around them. They might know who's around them, but I, I think the fear is that will they even know that the other person is gone? Because earlier in the diagnosis, like, like you said, you know, sometimes it's like you, you don't know what they're paying attention to, what they're not paying attention to, what they're really soaking in. So I really agree with what he says, Um you know, your child is going to get to know you and you're going to get to know them. Because I think there is a fear of like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm mom, I'm mommy, I'm daddy. You know, like, will you remember that? You know, can, can I, can I do, can we have meaningful experiences so you know that? And I think it's great that he says it will happen, you know. Yeah. I think it's really good. because Gives I, people hope. You need some hope. You need some hope. And it's also great to hear from people. You know, we talked before, you know, I mean, Todd Bowles, Super Bowl winning Head coach, National Football League. It, it's nice of him to come out and just say, hey, my family's dealing with this. And if you're dealing with this, it's not, you know. It, you're it, not the only one. Yeah, it has nothing to do with with what you do or don't do for a living or, or your college, uh, whether you have a college degree or not or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, this has happened to anybody. It's happening to me. We're dealing with it. Here's all the stuff that we've been through and, and, and we're moving on. And I really want you to read the article because it's really, it's really inspiring what their son uh, is able to do right now and everything he's involved in. And, um, 
you know, I just think it's cool with everything going on in the world that we can be introduced to a situation that's challenging to a family that everybody knows. But for that family to peel back a couple of layers and go, hold on, sit down for a minute. Let me tell you a story. Because it's hard to believe because we see these people in these big shining moments, you know, NFL Network, ESPN, you know, holding the Super Bowl trophy. And you're just like, life's perfect. Life's perfect. I had no idea that they were that they went through this. Yeah, it's nice of them to be so open. Yeah, it really is. Um, And I like what he said, too, because I think it's very important on this autism journey because every individual is different to really get to know your child, you know, and understand them. Yeah, I I think that's the that was the scary part for me. How do you act? Because I don't know, because of the relationship with our other kids, because they're all athletes, right, is so different, at least as a dad, than with Cal. You know right. what I mean? Because we can always talk about sports, and they're they're inevitably always in a sport or practicing at playoffs or this or that, and we're, we're just we're doing that. And, and I love that; it's fun, it's upbeat. As a dad, I really love that. You know, with Cal, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different because, you know, you don't know necessarily where he's at hour by hour, but if he wants to do something or, or be involved in something that you either A, know nothing about or B, are like, I, why are we doing this? Like, what, you know, like, but you just, that actually is the way to get to know your kid. Like he, he, I'm just talking about Cal, he will show you how to get to know him. Yeah, he will. He will. He will show you. They're almost like really interesting guides. They'll sort of guide you, you know? Yeah, actually, he, he did it to my dad. And my parents only come once or twice a year because they live in a different state. But they're getting to know him now that he's getting older. And he came to my dad and he grabbed his hand and he said, come here, Grandpa. Yeah. Be a gorilla. Yeah. And he made my dad act like a gorilla because all the other kids had their roles. Like somebody was a squirrel and somebody was a dog. And yeah, it's it's kind of a guide, like show kind of show you a guide to get to know him. And and every you know child is going to be different. But I do think a lot of the stuff that I've heard with all the parents that we've talked to over the couple of years, it really is sit back and kind of let them show you how they want you to fit in. You know, you talk about the puzzle piece with autism, which is, which is so well known around autism. It is sort of like they'll draw out some of the, some of the edges and sort of show you how to fit in there. Yeah. You know, I like that. I, I think the ones that struggle a little bit are the ones that are like, no, 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 that's, that's not, we don't do that. We're not doing that. That doesn't make any sense that, and it's like, no, you just have to get, you have to get in there. You know what I mean? So you have to just get in there and then they'll kind of show you how, how you'll fit in great, how you'll fit in perfectly. It's, it's, it's so different. It's so different than, you know, kids that don't have autism. But, um, but when you kind of have those meaningful experiences, you sort of stop and think and you're like, wow, like that took some patience. That took some, you know, some clarity of understanding. But once you do it, it's weird. It's like muscle memory. Then you sort of know for the next occasions how to do it. Right. And I think that's probably bonding for autism, for, for kids with autism. That's probably a bonding thing. I think they can pick up very well that you are trying to fit in. You're trying to, to be that piece, you know, that they're trying to, to, to find at that moment in time. Well, and I think um, you hear the saying, like, meet your child where they're at. That's a good one. And, like, he's going to be six, but we don't treat him like a six-year-old. He's like a three-year-old. Yep. I mean, 
Because he doesn't just have autism. He has global developmental delay. So he is delayed that many years. So we treat him like a toddler. I do love that meme. It's, uh, yeah, I do love that meme. I know. Meet your, you know, for autism. But it's good because then you're, you're not rushing them to be somebody, you know, how they're supposed to be at this age. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's no benefit in saying, hey, you're supposed to be doing this right now. So we're going to do that right now. That's not going to, you know, that's, that's meeting them at some expectation that they're not going to be at. Yeah. A lot of six-year-olds tie their shoe right now. I'm not showing them how to tie a shoe. Sure. But, you know, on the, on the flip side of it. Um, you know, he can mimic a conversation that can be absolutely hilarious. And, you know, we've sat around before and just had fun listening to him talk and say things and repeat things. I mean, how many times has he looked at us and go, you're watching the NFL on Sunday ticket. (laughs) He does a lot. Right. Well, find me another five-year-old that does that. I know. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's just, it's just fun. And, you know, those are the moments where you just laugh. You go, gosh, you really are paying attention, aren't you? He's very funny. Yeah. And he's taking it all in. All right. Well, great show. We've got to uh, wrap this up real quick. I wanted to say we are in the final days of the um, the scholarship, the step up for students, um, just days away for kids with autism, uh, their families really to take advantage of this. There's a variety of benefits um, in doing that step up for students. So just Google that you'll have the website and, and it'll show you what to do. It's the step up for students scholarship, which is available throughout the state of Florida, which can be used for a variety of support for families, but really just a couple of days left. So I wanted to throw that out there so that families of autism could, could take advantage of that. Also, thank you to Tracy Slepsevic. She is the warrior mom. Get the book now, warrior mom, .org. Uh, also, Tracy's Health Summit, which is called the Autism Health Summit. You can sign up, save 100 bucks on a ticket at AutismHealth.com. Our community partners, the original Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach, live music every single day. My Salon Suite in Largo, we appreciate their partnership. And America's Only Autism Hotline, which you can get more info at DailyAutism.com. Speaking of... That's where we'd love to connect with you on our social medias, dailyautism.com, all the platforms. We're everywhere. We're there all day, every day. Trust me, (laughs) dailyautism.com. We'll see you next time.